see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the Black Cat Report. See you on the other side. Welcome to the Black Cat Report. I'm Betsabe, and I'm here with Selena. Hello. Gilbert. Hello. And Joey. Hello. And today we're going to delve into the Georgia Guidestones, so listen closely. Resting in northeast Georgia in the small town of Elberton, the Guidestones were completed in March of 1980 and would stand as a cryptic monument to one anonymous group's view of a perfect world. That is, until July 6, 2022, when at around 4 a.m., a silver sedan would drive by and launch an explosive at it, destroying one of the pillars and ultimately leading to the monument being torn down. With rumors behind their purpose ranging from Satan worship and human sacrifice to being the master plans of the New World Order, the Georgia Guidestone stood as an exclamation point for conspiracy theories and religious zealots for decades. Today, we will be digging into and demystifying the Georgia Guidestones, their mysterious genesis, their misconceived guidelines, and the hatred that eventually led to their destruction. Once standing at 19 feet tall on top of a hill in the middle of nowhere, six solid granite slabs had a message for the world sandblasted methodically into their sides. They read as follows. Number one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number ten, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature leave room for nature. This monument and the messaging it carried was decided on and designed by a small group of anonymous people represented by a man going by the fake name R.C. Christian. In June of 1979, a middle-aged man with white hair and a fancy suit walked into Elberton Granite Finishing and immediately approached the president of the company, Joe H. Finley Sr. He introduced himself to Finley as, quote, Mr. Christian, and began explaining how he wanted a monument built, a huge, complicated monument made out of solid granite, and then he represented, quote, a small group of loyal Americans who believed in God. First conspiracy And here we come for the first conspiracy theory we're going to talk about, that it was created by the Rosicrucian Order. They are a 17th and 18th century secret society, also known as the ancient mystical order Rosé Crucis. They focus on teaching occultism, metaphysics, sacred architecture, parapsychology, alchemy, and other 
sacred sciences. They stress harmony with nature. To lend to this conspiracy theory, the mythical founder was also called Christian. And according to the society, he was Lazarus in a previous life. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so this connects to the rebirth of humanity that the Guidestones mentions. Something, something too that I've heard about the Rosicrucians. Um, and if we have any listeners that are Rosicrucians, seriously, hit us up. I'd love to interview you, even talk off the record. And I know you don't technically consider yourself a Rosicrucian, but you know what I mean. Um, so something I heard about them was that they've like kind of become like a religious gumbo almost or it's just kind yeah, of that's like what i was reading yeah mm-hmm. like anything where it's just like oh you're into meditation we're into meditation oh you're into like spiritual symbols yeah we do that too it's like crystals love them have a bunch of them like it just doesn't matter like what the hell it happens to be like they're just kind of like yep taking that taking that taking that they're, it's just like a grab bag of religious mm-hmm. beliefs like yeah they're definitely in the old days trying to very very much separate themselves but nowadays it seems like they're just like oh okay anybody could come in here oh you kind of believe in something we might actually kind of believe in you can just come on in oh so they're just very friendly people <laughs> they're like the universal universalists or um is that their church what they're called the um universalist church universalist church yeah yeah the universalist church we're just like you believe that something exists yeah come on to our meeting we're cool yeah everybody's fine like they're like super chill like that but they're like the occult version of that you know what i'm saying they're like a little bit more like we're still really opening and accepting but we lock the doors when we meet up you know <laughs> which is kind of yeah. like a little bit, you know, behind the scenes kind of a little more exciting you know yeah i mean and who, who knows if there's something like actually behind them now like behind doors you know when they're like you know the freemasons now are pretty in quotations open on the base of it but yeah. like now but who knows like if they have their secret meetings in the back of the room, you know, the back rooms, just trying to, hey, what's going on back there? I still, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So, like, just down the street from Selena and I's house here in Asheville, like, um, there is a Masonic temple. And I walk past it all the time because, like, there's a grocery store between, like, it's basically, like, right between my house and the grocery store. And, like, I'm not going to lie, so, like, grocery store closed at 11. So many times I'm, like, walking by and I, like, see the lights on in the basement. And, like, I'm just straight up, like, creeping. I'm just like, what you guys doing down there? But, like. Oh, you should definitely go in. I don't ever see anything. But what I do see is nothing. Sometimes they have the curtains closed and I'm. I am fucking freaking out. I'm ready to go in there, Alex Jones style at fucking. At the Owl Grove. I'm fucking. I'm ready to go in there, you know. You should. Back to the story. Ignoring Finley's reaction, he kept going. In what can only be compared to a customer half listening to a Starbucks barista as they ramble out their order for boba tea and are told over and over again, we don't make that. Finley tried to explain to Christian, we're a granite wholesaler. We don't do monuments. 
Yes, so it's huge, massive, 19 feet tall, with a message for future generations, lining up with lunar declination cycles. It will have a small hole drilled into the side of the capstone, where the sun will line up every day at noon. Sir? <laughs> yeah, shut up. And speaking of the sun, there'll be a spot, a little small hole on the west side of the pillar where you can see the sun perfectly on the vernal equinox and the winter solstice. We don't. And another hole. Directly aligned on the North Star Polaris. Do. Oh, yes. Uh, about the message. Thank you for reminding me about that. Um, it'll be written in English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Uh, I have the English verses right here. I trust you can find the others, yes? Monuments. Needless to say, uh, Finley thought this had to be a joke, or this guy was absolutely crazy. He was on drugs. <laughs> yeah, this guy was pretty messed up. Um, either way, he proceeded to give him a ballpark estimate. And by ballpark, I literally mean he quoted him an insane price for the project. He was just trying to get him to leave. Yeah, th that's what you do when you don't want to do the work. Yeah. You're like, hey, that'll be about a million dollars. And they're like, yeah, I'll go take my uh, take my business elsewhere. And you're like, thank God. So like straight up like plus or minus like you're actually like almost spot on. Um, I've I've heard a few different numbers uh, thrown around about this quote, but after inflation, um, because you know hey we're all doing great right? Wink wink. Um, the total estimated cost was somewhere between three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and one point three million dollars. Either way, that's a hell of a lot of money to spend on a monument that's going to be placed in literally the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, like, just the middle of nowhere this thing's going to be put in this person. Yeah, I'll spend 350 You know, it's fucking ridiculous. How did he have so much money? Group backing him. Right, so it was him, and it was a secret group of dedicated Americans. You know, like, it was, he had a group behind him, right? I don't know. Christian's response to this $350,000 to $1.3 million quote was, Perfect! Could you assist me by providing the address to the nearest bank? Finley did. And as soon as Mr. Christian left, he phoned up his friend, Wyatt C. Martin, head of the Granite City Bank, letting him know this nut job was on his way over <laughs> to talk to him. Uh, within a half an hour, Christian was there. Uh, and he was explaining the whole idea to Mr. Martin all over again, all the holes, all that fun shit. Um, and he was attempting to set up a way to transfer money so he could immediately put down a deposit on the project. So, like, this dude came in, like, dedicated, ready. He was like, oh, yeah, price, whatever, it was fine, cool, there, where's the bank? You know, he just, like, ran over there and was, like, ready to go with it. I mean, you have to admire his dedication. Oh, no, straight up. Like, yeah. this dude was dedicated. Yeah, he was prepared and everything, you know? Well, he was almost prepared. He didn't have, like, a whole suitcase full of cash rate. But I guess he didn't know the price yet. Yeah. He was, That's but, why he went to a bank. Yeah, and if you think about it, though, he's, he's kind of <laughs> acting like he's, like, an alien in a human body. Like, yeah. he kind of knows about a bank, but he's like, where's the nearest bank? <laughs> yeah. And I love that, like, uh, um, uh, the dude at the Granite Shop was just, like, straight up just, like, uh, yeah, here's the address. And then he's just like, yeah, so I got this nut job coming over there. Um, 
I don't know if this is a joke that you and the boys are playing on me, but if it's not, uh, he's gonna be asking you for some, some weird shit, okay? <laughs> uh, um, this might be the easiest job we ever had, might be the hardest job, doesn't matter, it's gonna be a lot of money. So, you wanna go ahead and just help him out? Really appreciate that if you're not screwing me over right now. <laughs> like, it's, it's an awkward combo. And, like, they talked about at one point, they straight up tried, like, the quote was so ridiculous for the time, like, in comparison for what was being made and all the stuff behind it. Like, he just assumed he would just walk out. And, like, Christian, RC Christian, was just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, cool, whatever. You're doing it. You're doing it for me. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, awkward, awkward situation. Um, now, here's the catch. Mr. Christian revealed that it wasn't his real name. Surprise. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> right? Um, it was a pseudonym, and he wanted to do everything anonymously. He didn't want anyone to ever know who was behind the monument, hoping that this would force people to focus on the message and not the messengers. Kind of a semi-noble cause concept. He's like, if nobody knows who built it, and it just has all these messages and stuff on it like that, people won't focus on me focus on the message and so like that was his crazy point not realizing people throughout all of human history have been inquisitive and will obsess over this like we are making a podcast about it right right now (laughs) okay so so after some back and forth with mr martin the the president of the bank um they finally agreed that mr rc christian would reveal his name only to mr martin after he signed a non-disclosure agreement and swore to never reveal the strange man's true identity further he had him agree to destroy any paperwork once the guidestones were completed so like very serious like i only have to i'm only going to tell you and you got to sign this legally binding agreement and then once we're done here burn everything right So, once this was worked out and legally binding, Mr. Martin helped hide sources of payments coming into the bank with rich people wizardry, basically routing money through offshore accounts, right? Um, Before long, the deposit was made, skilled granite and cement workers called into the mix, and the site was chosen. Second Second conspiracy Well, that actually takes us into one of our other conspiracy theories. That it was Ted Turner who created these stones. Who's Ted Turner? Ted Turner was a media mogul in like the the 80s, I guess. So he was a media mogul. He owned a bunch of sports franchises. He owned a lot of stuff. And he also started the Turner Foundation. The mission was to protect and restore the natural systems, air, land, and water on which all life depends. One of the lines on the stone says, Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. This guy sounds like a real asshole. He's trying to defend, like, water and earth and shit. What is he, Captain Planet? It's funny, because, like, when I read about it, it was, like, it was the most inconspicuous or, like, not evil part for someone trying to actually start it, you know? And so this one is kind of substantiated, but when you look at the other stuff, it's kind of not, because... You know, he wasn't as as much about that. He was more about the the air and the earth. So, like, basically, there's just a bunch of photos of him online of him just being like, "I'm spending my Thanksgiving helping out families and children in hospice care, and um, on Christmas, I like to spend 
all of my money I've made through interest rates. I picture him as Tiny Tom, but grown up. Um, all of my money Tiny through Tim. interest rates. Tiny Tim. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all of my money that I've gained in interest, I like to buy Transformers and Batman and Barbie dolls, life-size for the kids the kids in the hospital. And I really try to take care of them. You know, I like to get them good butter for the mashed potatoes in, in, in the hospital. And they're just like... Fuck you. You're evil. You're trying to microchip us. You're trying to experiment with us. You give a fuck about me, even even though you don't know who the fuck I am. And, like, that's basically what happened to this Ted Turner guy. I'm, I'm assuming. Pretty much, yeah. And he just, you know, he walked into a granite shop one day and was like, you know what? I'm going to make these stones. I got some <laughs> shit to say. <laughs> yeah. That was basically his Twitter. Of, oh, my God. It was his Twitter of the time. Georgia Guidestones were the original Twitter. You heard it here, Black Hat Report, hashtag Black Hat Report, hashtag follow us on Twitter, hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> All right. So. I mean, if you think about it, yes, because how else was he going to, he he had things to say, and how else are you going to put it out there? Because, yeah, back then they didn't have social media or the internet. You I mean, they had newspapers and televisions and radio True. but a cow pasture in the middle of nowhere that's fucking prime real estate <laughs> if elon musk was around then swear to god he would have bought it what's funny <laughs> yes. is that the person who bought the land bought it for five thousand dollars which is crazy that's not that much at all i mean but maybe at the time the current valuation of what i've heard about this piece of land this five acres and I'd, look we all we live in Asheville. Look up the price of rent for a one-bedroom house in Asheville. You'll understand where we're at. Um, I'm sure for a lot of folks, you're living somewhere where it's also a little bit ridiculous. Um, anyways, backtrack. Uh, the current price for the land where the Guidestones were at, because they just got destroyed a few weeks ago at the time of this recording, is only like fifteen or $16,000 for five acres of land. <laughs> There's not that much going on there. I mean, there it, there's a small town and yeah, it's the granite capital of the world, though. That's a big deal. Do you know how many tombstones, gravestones, things like that, all the things that make our podcast possible, come from that place? It's very perfect. Yeah, tombstones. Tombstones. We use those for the podcast. No, 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 no. But like ghosts and paranormal stuff. You know, paranormal shit. You know what I'm saying? That's where they film Vampire Diaries. Yeah, because the handle was cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And so fast forward. On March 22nd, 1980, Congressman Doug Bernard stood in front of a large black tarp and made an awkward speech to a crowd of 200 to 400 people. Depends who you ask. Um, he was tasked with unveiling the Guidestones and basically didn't really have a lot to say or a lot to go on. Um, besides, we should think about this message and these are kind of cool. <laughs> that was basically the summary of what he said. Um, this is kind of the Epstein didn't hang himself moment, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, so this is when the conspiracy theories and the rumors start piling up faster than hot cow pies on a Georgia pasture. Like, they just start like... (laughs) They're just piling up stinky, fresh everywhere, right? Uh, Local church leaders begin referring to the Guidestones as the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. 
Witches start showing up, doing ceremonies. People in town are convinced that at any point, there will be human sacrifice at this monument. Vandalism and graffiti start showing up. Basically, the floodgates of assumptions have opened and rumors are drowning this town of only a few thousand people. For the next few decades, this just keeps going. Some people in this small town grow to like the stones. They become a tourist attraction, a little local touch of the cryptic that brought in thousands of people every year into this area where, like, straight up there was nothing going on besides sending off stone for dead people. Conspiracy theory number three. So going back to the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist, the term was coined from the Christian minister Dr. Regan R. Davis, who visited the stones in 2000. He thought they were a call for world government, state-sponsored eugenics, and calling of billions of people. It was a call to a new world order in his eyes. Basically, these stones are a far-right fundamentalist Christian's doomsday. To lend to this conspiracy, a video in March 2015 was posted and showed what looks like blood on the top of the slab. If you want to look it up, a YouTuber named Praven Moen posted a drone video of the guide stones from the top down showing what looks like blood stains flowing down from the top slab to one of the other standing slabs. And I've actually wa- looked at this drone video and it's it's okay it kind of it looks like it could be blood but it looks like it could just be something else you know or just yeah. the the color of the stones it might have been raspberry season and the birds might have flown by <laughs> yeah like basically it could have been <laughs> paint too that someone just did that you know yeah and supposedly there is another theory behind that that was actually red plastic that when in the early days that they were pissed off obviously at this pl- this thing yeah. being built they came and threw a bunch of burning red plastic on the top of it, so it looks like it's blood coming down. That's another theory that I found. How did they get it up there? Like I mean, it's they... it's tall, but like they could have taken a bucket or or like a metal. Bu- well, you know, melting plastic is is kind of a weird thing to be carrying around and throw it on top of that. You have yeah, to have a fire on site, yeah, and like ready to go and time it. Yeah, you wouldn't have a bucket like you wouldn't have a plastic bucket unless the bucket was on fire oh. and he threw the bucket on there and what it melted it was an up emergency? there. Emergency! Oh God! <laughs> I hope they made it out okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the, these are just certain things people are talking about. It's a weird. The whole thing's a weird conspiracy anyways, but there's a billion conspiracies behind this thing. So. Conspiracies I, within conspiracies. Mm-hmm. To kind of back this up, and like I already said this in the beginning, so it's not a spoiler. Um, somebody literally suggested that the plane that smashed into the Pentagon was the same plane that smashed into the Georgia Guidestones. Also, it wasn't a plane that smashed into the Georgia Guidestones. These are like, like I said earlier on, they are an exclamation point in conspiracy theories. It's just like, and because the Georgia Guidestones. Like, it's just like anything you think of. Like, vampires are taking over. Have you seen these Guidestones? Like, it, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Well, it's yeah. because they're guiding everything. That's true. And they're stones. People just hate basic... 60% agreeable statements. If it's 
I think a lot of people disagree on which 60% that they agree on in that statement, though. <laughs> I think go. that's the difference <laughs> of the guidestones there. <laughs> there we go. It's like, because it starts off real strong, real creepy, real scary, real like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, just like, you know, like, don't. But then it's like, nature, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. It was enough that Yoko Ono was like, I can write a song about this. You know, like, she was, like, stoked on that shit. You know, and it was like, yeah, leave room for nature, bro. Like, we need parks and shit, bro. Like, and then it was just like, 500 million people control the populate. And it was like, eh, mm-mm. I do mm. think, I do think <laughs> it's funny that they started off hard. Yeah. You know, usually, like, if Oh, they didn't bury yeah, the lead. If, if there's a all. cult, usually they're like, oh, nature is beautiful we have to keep it clean we, we have brady to, bunch we every watched, night we, we're <laughs> a beautiful family come on in and then as you're walking in the door and you see it you're like oh those are human sacrifices right there <sighs> that's a lot of blood they yeah. were just like outside of the house there was blood everywhere and they were like they were sitting there waving at you all nice these Hello. These, these mugs are real <laughs> right yeah they're real these these mugs though the one that i'm holding and drinking out of it's real. yeah it's real so this is a human skull I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they were five. What? A five-year-old? <laughs> oh, this is just it's a half a pint. What, 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 what are we doing here? <laughs> like, yeah, so uh, a little bit like that. But I appreciate the fact they didn't, like, bury it. Yeah, that was, was pretty, like, straightforward, which I really appreciate. Um, It just sounds like they really had a lot to say and oh, yeah. they were just sharing it with the world they had a lot to say in every language yeah i mean that's pretty amazing. every major like, language not every like language I said, every like i i really admire the fact that they did their research when it came to translating to every language they, they didn't, didn't do it oh they didn't do it no, no. they had to get the translations from the un well, I mean, like, what I'm yeah. saying, like, to do the work to get the translation. No, know? they didn't get no, no, them no. done. The, the granite workers got them done. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. so funny. No, they just, like, dropped the money. I don't know if you remember a uh, famous, famous quote that I'm sure is um, 100, 100% accurate. Please look it up. And when I say that, I'm confident you won't look it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The message. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, it'll be written in English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, Russian. I have the English version right here. Uh, I trust you can find the others, yes? So, like, straight up. Um, so, Mr. Finley, like, when this was all delivered, when this was all said and done, um, he didn't actually give Mr. Finley, like, the translations. He was just like, hey, this is what I want, and uh, these are the languages that I want, and uh, here's a bunch of money, oh, goodbye. Um, and he dipped out. Um, he showed up a few times during construction. That part's not really important. There's a few, like, mystical moments where they're like, he just looked off into the distance, and he was there. Um, it's very boring. Um, but they had to reach out to local universities. I think straight up, there was a, um, a Chinese kid in town. Uh, and they, I think the mayor was quoted as saying, he's like, we reached out to a young Chinese boy that lived in town. I'm pretty sure he was the only Chinese boy that lived in town. They're like, reached out to him and had him help us translate it. So like, this was like low key, a town effort. And then for like the last part for like, you know, Swahili and Hindu and like all these other things, um, they like 
had to, like Selena was saying, like they had to like contact the United Nations. There was a long spiel. There was a weird connection with, I want to say it was Saudi Arabia. Please don't quote me on that. If he's wrong, contact us at haters at blackcat.report. But there was a long process of connection of like, yeah, we knew a guy who like threw parties in Saudi Arabia and he has some friends and then he asked the friends and da da da. So this was like an effort, like straight up RC Christian was just like, yeah, figure it out. Okay, bye. (laughs) Just like dip the fuck out of the scene. So that's so funny that he like basically got this guy, like that wasn't part of his job. No. And like the thing is. He made him do all that. They were just granite wholesalers. Yeah. They didn't do this. Like, they don't That's do so monuments. He walked in, straight up snake oil salesman, just like, just like, and you're going to do this for me. And you're going to be this, and there's going to be a hole here, and there's going to be line up at the vertical equinox. And he was like, all into it. And the guy was just like, uh, God, you're fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, so uh, $1.3 million. Yeah, if you want to do that, then I guess I'll do whatever the hell you want. Oh, that's fine. Where's the news bank? Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our episode on the Georgia Guidestones. We hope that you follow us on Instagram, and if you like what you hear, to subscribe to us on your streaming platform. If you have any stories you would like us to cover, please email us at contact at blackcat.report. Enjoy the rest of the show. Well, a lot of folks got into it and they were like, yeah, this is becoming a tourist attraction. This is bringing thousands of people to our town every year. And by the way, we only have a few thousand people in our town besides a bunch of stone. Um, You know, uh, it became became a tourist attraction. You know, like uh, weirdos like us would like stop by there and we'd be super stoked. And before it got destroyed, literally all four of us had a plan to try to go there and to see it it was you know a handful of hours away from our house we wanted to see this weird cryptic thing this this tome to weirdism right um but unfortunately currently uh weirdos like us have nowhere to go um so (laughs) so while a lot of folks like really like this and some folks in town started to like straight up capitalize on it they were just like yeah we t-shirts we got bumper stickers you know we got coffees named after what do you want i got what you need um uh other folks like the current georgia gubernatorial candidate candace taylor literally made hating them as one of her campaign platforms quoting now from her website for executive order number 10 For decades, the global Luciferian regime has seeped its way into our government. They demoralized us with humiliation rituals as they tore down our historic monuments, persecuted our children, locked us down into our homes, and forced us into becoming walking science experiments through a global vaccination program. They erected statues, spelling out the exact plans they had for us. And today, we, the people of Georgia, say no more. No more. No more. It's time for us to return the favor. On my first day 
as governor of Georgia, I will move to demolish the demonic plans of our enemy, the satanic agenda not welcome in our state. Support my fight contributing and watch as I turn the Georgia Guidestones into dust. She would later tweet on May 12th, 2022, I am the only candidate willing to stand up to the satanic cabal. Time is running out to support my fight. The Georgia Guidestones must be demolished. Now, as stated earlier, the Georgia Guidestones would ultimately be bombed by who I would argue is likely a Christian extremist or an equivalent wingnut in that subgenre of human intelligence. And our candidate for worst candidate of the year wasted no time to declare a terrorist act the work of God. Candace tweeted on July 6 at 10:37 a.m., 6 hours after this inanimate object in the middle of fucking nowhere was bombed, quote, "God is God and all by himself. He can do anything he wants to do. That includes striking down Godstones. But enough about Candace's crusade. Let's talk meaning behind the words. And more importantly, let's talk about the laziness behind some of the people covering them. It sucks for me to do this, but I'm literally gonna have to shit talk um, some of the people exactly like us who have covered the Georgia Guidestones in the past. There has been so much folklore, there's been so much talk, there's been so much, um, I'm just gonna say it, rational approach to like what these Ten Commandments mean. What do these Ten Points mean? Are they reasonable? Are they calling for eugenics? Honestly, digging into this, this whole thing kind of pissed me off a little bit when I discovered this. So, I'm going to call it the laziness that much of the coverage around the Guidestones has completely failed to mention. And by that, I mean, R.C. Christian published a 135-page book where he breaks down his views and the meaning behind them. It's not a secret. Everybody's like, well, does he mean this? And... If he's like this, does he mean that? And da 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 da. Well, we just don't know. And so the mystery of the guidestones. No, it's not a mystery. He literally tells us shortly after the construction of these guidestones, he literally releases a book. And he doesn't just release a book in private, release a book in secret. He proceeds to send it to every congressman, every representative multiple different heads of state around the world, including, and this is, some people say this, some people is, some people don't, um, including everybody who showed up at the ceremony on the date that they were unveiled. This is not a secret. He straight up told everyone, right? So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, his views are fucking terrible. Uh, this dude is in fact calling for eugenics? And, in my opinion, this sounds really ironically a lot like he might be the writer for the most extremist right-wing candidates that are currently running for office, including our pal Cassandra Taylor running for governor in Georgia. So instead of just saying it, 
Let's hear a few quotes from R.C. Christian's book, Common Sense Renewed. Page 25, chapter title, Guiding Human Reproduction. Quote, The most important function of every species is the procreation of its successors. This is especially true for humanity. We must perfect the ethical and legal constraints that regulate our conduct in this vital area so as to safeguard the long-range interests of society. Careless and purely self-centered actions by some must not be permitted to injure others. Industrialized nations are increasingly burdened by the social and monetary cost of raising children produced by irresponsible and inadequate parents. This is a grave injustice for those children and for the taxpayers who are burdened with the expense of providing them with food, clothing, education, and housing. No society can remain strong and productive if it tolerates wholesale irresponsible parenting. You know what this sounds like? Eugenics. Hitler? Eugenics, but there's also a book that we just listened to. Brave New World. Oh, yeah. It's exactly the same idea. It's like he just read that book and was like, Huh. You got a point. I think he got a point there. <laughs> Even though it's a, I don't know why I just did like a Milwaukee accent. You got a point there. You got a point there, you don't you know? It's funny you say that because I was waiting at the end when we do like our commentary. I was going to bring that up. I'm like, it just sounds like it's like Brave New World. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> so so in these next few quotes, I'm going to take you deeper. Um <clears throat> Later, on page 27, he goes on to say, quote, Common sense would suggest that we make the reduction in a selective fashion. Yet, we are devoting more attention to the production of improved plants and animals than the selective continuation of our own species. End quote. And if there's still any doubts about how terrible this person is, on page 29 he says, Nations which fail to guide childbearing and childrearing will not only suffer the effects of overpopulation, they will also be represented in the world of tomorrow by citizens of <laughs> suboptimal capabilities. It goes on and on and on like this for the next hundred or so pages. It's it's terrible, and it reads like an attempt to make a family-friendly book out of something by David Duke, which, by the way, David Duke is the former head of the KKK. Which is no surprise, because R.C. Christian, whose identity was ultimately revealed in 2005 as Dr. Robert Heinz Kirsten, openly supported David Duke. And if that wasn't enough, Dr. Christian, aka R.C. Christian, was close friends with the famous Nobel Prize winning wacko William Shockley, who wanted to create a machine that would prove the superiority of white people over literally everybody else on the planet. Spoiler, it never happened. How would he even, how would that be proven? Like, there would be no, there's no metrics for that. That's a thing that William Shockley had to face eventually. Um, I'm assuming he went to his grave as a racist piece of shit. 
Um, but he was convinced he could create a machine that would literally prove white people were better. Because apparently, when white people get put into a corner, they need a machine to point to, to say, see, look, we're better. We're better than you. <laughs> because life wouldn't just show them otherwise. I don't know, reality or something. Um, but they needed a goddamn machine. And he was gonna do it. You know, he's geared up on the Nobel Prize. He was so stoked. And but, it's, yeah. it's funny to think about, too, that R.C. Christian, like, he's like, oh, man, I got to be anonymous. I want to be super anonymous with this. I don't want anyone to know it's me. It's about the message. It's not about me. And yet, his name was almost the same as R.C. Christian. Like every good pseudonym. Yeah, it's not that hard to figure this out. To like, oh, Kristen. Christian. Kristen. 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 But like, you know, this is before Google. This is before. (laughs) I mean, straight up though, this is like, this is before Google. This is before the internet. You have to do some like deep dives into research to really be tracking down names. You can't just be like... I got a call from somebody I don't know. I'm just going to Google it and see if it's legitimate. You know, you can't do that shit, right? Well, I mean, if this guy was seeing so far into the future about post-apocalyptic also, world. didn't he, was, wasn't he there for the when, when inauguration of the stones and past books? So he wasn't there for the inauguration of the stones, allegedly, out of the 200 to 400 people. Um I've heard conflicting reports about whether or not he showed up in at different points in time, like he went and visited, right? But like he really did make a solid effort to like stay anonymous. Like it would just be like April thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine. He showed up for five minutes with his grandchildren because he said he had to pee or something. You know, like it was just like some random stuff that like he. I, I gotta give the dude credit. Like he really did go all out to try to stay anonymous but what about the book the book was written and that was part of the way that they hunted down his name in this documentary that i'm about to reference um uh the book was written and published under the pseudonym rc christian or robert c christian right Mm -hmm. so like even with the book he like went through lengths to like distance himself and his name from everything around the georgia guidestones so like he for the time like a homeboy did good trying to stay anonymous now reluctantly i have to give credit here um i'm going to have to direct you to the last 15 minutes or so of an absolutely cringy and i mean this boring at best documentary called dark clouds over elberton the true story of the Georgia Guidestones. Find it online. I, I, if it wasn't such a solid reference and the most up-to-date, I wouldn't reference it. I, I don't like this documentary. Um, I, I'm, I'm insulting this documentary here because the process they used to get to the bottom of who R.C. Christian is, who, the, who he was, right? Honestly, it's a lesson in how to be a shit human being. Um, you literally watch as they slowly manipulate and trick the now elderly Wyatt C. Martin into giving up clues to find him. Uh, If you remember, Martin was the head of the Granite City Bank and the only person who knew the identity of R.C. Christian. Apparently, Martin and Christian stayed in contact for years 
after the Guidestones were built. They wrote each other letters about how life was going, and they shared stories about their family. Um, basically, they became friends. And in fact, Martin actually, in the documentary, he correctly assumed when R.C. Christian had passed away in the early 2000s when he stopped getting letters back that he was sending to him. Um, so this was this went on for four decades. Like, him and the former president at this time of the bank, like, kept in contact. Like, they kept in touch and stuff friends. like that. Yeah, they straight up, like, became friends, you know? And, like, sure, he's a racist, eugenics-believing asshole, you know? But, like, on the surface of his pseudonym, um, you know, like, they, they kept in touch, you know? And, like, became really close friends. And this, this uh, former bank president, um, Wyatt C. Martin, like... You know, like, he was close friends, and he really, seriously, in the documentary, you see develop over the, like, two hours of the documentary, you see he seriously identifies with, I'm going to keep this a secret to my grave. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm never going to reveal who he is. And, like, it's kind of, like, hardened by the fact that, like, they became close friends, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which makes the, the shitty detective work, and by shitty, I mean shitty human being detective work of the people behind this documentary like that much worse documentary Documentary of the day if you like terrible reporting and a truly 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 boring documentary please watch the dark clouds over elberton the true story of the georgia guidestones you'll regret it and you surely won't remember it Documentary documentary of the day so these documentary makers used predatory manipulation to trick him into breaking his oath um selena and i both sat through this and like watched as this like story unfolded and i think we both agree that it like made us absolutely sick it was super creepy um he went from saying that he thinks he might have some paperwork in his shed to them asking, well, can we uh, take a look at the case? So disgusting. And then once they get there, they're like, oh, well, we can't really see the case. Can we pull it out? Oh, well, we don't want to take any pictures of the um, papers, but could you open it so that we could see if there are papers in there? Oh, what does that one say? Oh, what's that one? And then he just starts, like, reading them things. And, like, they're zooming in and out of the case and getting, you know... Shots of addresses. Addresses and names, and it's just so... Very unprofessional. It's creepy. Dude, it's... Yeah, it is unprofessional. It is creepy. And, like, this is after, like, they were interviewing him for, like, assuming post-edit, like, three or four hours while he was in his house... And he made it clear over and over again, I'll never reveal the name. I'll never tell anybody. Nope, I swore that I wouldn't do this. This is important to me. Like, he just kept saying it. And then eventually it was just like, oh, well, you know, I got them out in my shed. And, oh, yeah, well, they're buried behind some stuff. And, and you know, you have to move, move a bunch of stuff to get them. And they just kept insisting, like, well, we can move the stuff. 
well, we can da 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 da. And he's like, no, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. We can move the, we, you know, like all these things have to be moved. And he's like, no, that's fine. We can move the stuff. We can move the stuff. And then they got him talking about like family and World War Two and a bunch of other stuff. And they're like, so you said that you wanted to like make a book out of these documents someday. And he's like, yeah, yeah I was thinking about it. And da 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 da. And he's like, so where where is this stuff at? And like, they literally film where. Like, they put it in the movie or in the documentary, like, where he hides the key to get into his shed where these documents are stored. And they, like, film him grabbing it off the shelf and going out there and unlocking it. And he's like, oh, it's beyond that red can there. And, and oh, be careful, you know. And it's like, it's so creepy, dude. And he even makes it's a joke so about cringy. how he's probably going to have to burn that stuff because somebody might come try to break in now that yeah. they know that it's there. Yeah, yeah. that's, like, It's terrible. so messed up. It's so fucked like, up. Like, you don't do that. Shame on you. Yeah, for real. Like, I uh, I felt bored. I want you to know, if you're if you're the people that made this documentary, I want you to seriously know, I was so fucking bored the first hour and 45 minutes of your documentary. And the last 15 minutes, I was cringing. Because you're a shit human being. I'm just yeah. going to say that. And if anybody actually takes it, if you think that's harsh, please watch it and then tell me if you agree. It was bad. We don't approve of your tactics. <laughs> yeah, it was shit. Like, it, yeah, you're a hard-driving reporter or whatever. Cool, fine. Don't put it on camera, you fucking cuck. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, not a fan of these folks. But they did deliver the dirt. Um, and I'll give them shit credit for that. You know, um, the price of what being a terrible person. Yeah. Hopefully going to hell. Um, so now with this whole winding story, uh, in mind, right? So we had RC Christian pop up, right? Um, we had his, his very quirky, eccentric personality and stuff like kind of like come in to everything. Uh, we discovered who RC Christian was somebody who supported, uh, David Duke, William Shockley, and like William Shockley's crazy beliefs and like I really want to put this home Dr. Kirsten um was proud that he was friends with William Shockley who at that point in time even in the 1960s and the 1970s which think of Martin Luther King not exactly a time when race relations were really fucking chill in this country even at that time Dr. Kirsten was too racist for his country club, which really says something about America and about Dr. Kirsten. He was too racist for his white-ass country club. Everybody was dressed in white. He was dressed in extra white. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, ma <laughs> he made white folks look ivory, okay? So like, he really... He did some shit. He's like, damn, you Italian? He's like, no. <laughs> Anyways, um, about like, yeah. So Dr. Kirsten, hella fucking racist. There is no question about what his motivation was behind the Guidestones. If you read through there, read through there with Hitler's voice in mind, right? Like, that's who wrote that. And it might have been written in a bunch of different languages and da-da-da-da-da, this and that and the other. Fine, go off. If you want to argue with me, contact us at haters at blackcat.report. Reference R.C. Christian's book where he really gets into some messed up shit, okay? Um, 
So, with all of that in mind, winding the story down a little bit, I'd like to wrap up this episode with some of our own investigatory work. This week, we brought out the big guns. My mom, who, besides being an incredible human being and endlessly talented, is also a certified handwriting analyst. For those that don't know, handwriting analysis is the study of the characteristics of emotion and patterns that are shown in the way that we write. There's a deep psychology that is very, very, very obvious to folks that are well-studied in this, and it's basically displayed clear as day when somebody puts pen to paper. Now, as a disclaimer, I hadn't told my mom anything about this episode or my research into the Guidestones. All she knew was I was asking her to analyze the signature of a person. Before we bring her in, I wanted to let you know, I will be making the photo of his signature the episode image so that you can look at and follow along with everything that she's saying, everything that she's analyzing, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So without further delay, um, here's the recording of her analysis. Okay. Um, he talks about himself to other people, and he talks about other people. Uh, because if you look at his number six on the 96, it's open slightly on the left. Uh, he's a little bit eccentric by the uh, little swirly thing at the bottom of the F. Um, and then, what's that? Oh, and when he talks about others, it's... Um, the hundred, the last zero is open at the top, which means he talks about himself. And then six was he talks about others. Um, then also he has another quirk in his writing. Robert, the T, the bottom part of the T where it curves up kind of, he has strange little, he's very creative, very articulate type of person. Um, there's a distance between Robert and Christian not a big difference. I mean, like separation, um, which means that he he's, he talks to his family, but he's not super close. Like they do not control him. Um, on the eye, on Christian, the second eye, the first eye, he's in the present, just like what's going on right now. And the second eye, he kind of takes his key and hooks it back. Now, on some of his letters, he has them hooked back or hooked different ways. Those are the type of individuals that if they give you a penny, they want something in return. They always will remember you owe them. That's the type of thing. And I see uh, also on the eternity sign that's on the bottom, the zeros that looks like zeros, he goes back and forth. Yeah, he's got a hook on that too. So I see at least one, two, and even the way he writes, like he writes uh, schoolhouse writing, you know, it's all pretty, you can, it's legible, that type of thing. Um, I have hooks on him, which, yeah, he's very much, yeah, you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of thing. Um, yeah, he has, now when he does Robert, he's got Robert 
he's he's separate from his name a little bit. Like he doesn't fully accept his name, either one, Robert or Christian, because he has a real big gap between the R and the O in Robert and the C and the H in Christian. So he's not, he doesn't believe everything that his family says. And by him having the name Robert, eh, I wouldn't doubt it if the guy changed his first name. One of those type of people is not happy with it, wants to change it. Um, and there's spacing, a lot of spacing between number 96 of 100. Um, kind of like uh, he's thinking about something and he's just, he's making it up as he goes. He's creating it, he's not making it up as much as creating it as he goes. Um, yeah, but there's a big gap between Robert and Christian. Very big gap. And the other is, that's like the eternity symbol underneath his name. Like, he wants to be remembered and live forever and ever. So whatever he's doing is going to be a big splash, and people will always remember him. Like, even after he's dead and gone for years. No, I don't know who this man is. Also, also, I'm looking at, also, I'm looking at the, the eternity symbol, and he is really, like, um, if you meet him and you do something for him, like let's fix his plumbing, fix his car, whatever, he will he will be very he's very um uh able to communicate with others very easily and he would give that person a hug. You know, not even really knowing that person. He would be very, very yeah. Very, very um yeah. He would be very very outward and no he's he's a good smooth talker. And, you know, he, he's like a salesman type of person where they'll talk you into buying a used car that doesn't work. You know, he, he could do that. He has that. And that is, he does have a lot of compassion and caring, though, with those circles being so big. And he's actually got one, two, three, four circles in there. But, but, at the middle of it, if you see that little line that goes down, and he's got an X in the middle of it. So he could be toxic in what he does. You know, tell you to buy this car and it's a lemon. But he knows it's a lemon, you know. But he, he's able to communicate really well. So that's it. That's it. I think that's good enough for this guy. So one of the first things I want to talk about, too, is what me and Selena were talking about offline, uh, is that the first few talking about him being eccentric and she's talking about him being very eccentric and very like he still wants to be remembered but thinking about it he's like writing these these 10 uh in quotations commandments he's the first one is is, is so specific it's you know keep the population below 500 million and then it feels like he just kind of like loses focus yeah. after mm-hmm. a bit because yeah. he's going off into like the deep end of it and he's like oh oh, oh but 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 nature Oh, remember, remember, yes, 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 remember nature. We yeah. need nature. And it's it just seems like he's just, I mean, he might have a screw loose, but he really, you know, obviously he wants to be remembered for, as, as your mom said, yeah. he has the eternity symbol, so he wants to be remembered. And it feels like right before he went into that, he had this bright, he was just sitting there, oh, okay, cool. And then he's like, I have the best idea in the world. I need to make this amazing. I need to make this amazing monolithic statue for me. Yeah, no, something that like really 
really, 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 really stood out to me um, with my mom's analysis was, um, well, two, so many parts. Um, but one of the, one of the main parts that stood out to me was like, you can hear her literally struggling with trying to understand this like extreme situation like where his first name and his last name are so separated like she had no clue that this was a fake name i just sent it to her i i found in a copy of his book um uh common sense renewed uh in the the what do you call it the scan of his book I found online, which I'll have available for all of our listeners on our website for them to download, to look at, to link to, whatever. Um, there's pretty early on, you see where he signed it, and it was Robert Christian, right? Huge infinity symbol, right? Lazy 8, right underneath it, with 96 of 100 like it was like one of the first 100 prints i found that zoomed in on it screenshot it sent it to my mom and i was like mom i'm gonna record you tell me what you think right and she was struggling through like he's he's very separated he's da 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 da, da. he's this and that and the other i wouldn't be surprised if he changed his name da da da, da, da. like she had no clue it was a fake name so she yeah. she called that in my mind and i'm coming in skeptical here like, she straight up called that. Like, she was just like, if somebody gives you a fake name and you're a handwriting analyst, like, you're just going to be like, you're going to be trying to look at it. But she called it out. Um, second thing. So with, um, I think it was uh, Mr. Martin, right? So with the president of the bank, the Granite Bank, da 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 da, da um, my mom mentioned that uh, he's the kind of guy that would hug you if you did something for him, if you did a favor for him, if you helped him out with his plumbing, this and that and the other. Like, he stayed in contact with this guy who almost helped him launder money, in a sense. Like, he helped him route it through, like, all these backdoor channels to keep it anonymous and stuff like that. He stayed in contact with him for years. Years and years and years. And if you remember... When he first went to the granite company, the wholesale granite company, which didn't make monuments, right? Like, just like my mom said, where it was just like, you know, he would convince you to buy a lemon. He would da-da-da-da-da. He would this and that and the other. He would know it was, like, incomplete. He would... That's how I would take that metaphor that my mom was using, right? And as as her son, I can say this. That's the metaphor I took from this. Um, so she says, like, you know, he would know it's not a good deal, right? But he would still convince you to buy it. He walked into a place that doesn't <laughs> even make monuments, convinced them to build a monument, and by the way, didn't even have, uh, let's see, seven of the eight translations of the monument, just dropped off the money and dipped out of there and forced these folks who were building the monument to have to reach out eventually to the United Nations to figure out how to do the rest of the translation of the monument. Yeah. Like, he is a shitty car salesman. Like, in my mind, I'm just like, my mom nailed the metaphor right there. But that's that's my take. A yeah, shitty commandment salesman. <laughs> He's a shitty commandment salesman, but like... She definitely called it pretty good. She just like nailed it. Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report in this episode of the Georgia Guidestones. We hope that you'll like and subscribe on your streaming service, and also that you'll follow us on Instagram.
Follow the phenomenon next week as we interview RKB Paranormal out of Dixon, Tennessee. And make sure to follow Binx's Home for Black Cats, a black cat rescue out of Asheville, North Carolina. And as always, we'll see you on the other side.